0: coming up on today's episode of the Positivity Platform. Mm-hmm. And I think it is important to dig deep here and really figure out what it is that you value. Positivity isn't just this buzzword.
1: It really is the core of living a happy, fulfilling life. Uh-huh.
0: What are you, at your core, passionate about? Mm-hmm.
1: to the Positivity Platform. We're your hosts, Erica
0: and Evelyn. Join us for weekly chats that unpack life's experiences and forge pathways to positivity. Welcome to the Positivity Platform. We're ready and excited to get into another episode today. So as usual, let's hop in the golf cart. Evelyn, how has your week been? My
1: week was pretty good. Friday was uh, special. It was my grandson's fifth birthday. can't believe how fast time has gone by. He is, I mean, just such a personality. His mom had this birthday planned out for him, but when she asked him, he told her, "I want to go to the aquarium, I want to go to the playground, and then I want to go to Cheesecake Factory for dinner. Oh my gosh, Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah, he knows. And we're like, oh, what do you want from Cheesecake Factory? He goes, the mac and cheese. Aw. So we had breakfast, went to the aquarium, which we Mm -hmm. had such a good time.
0: That aquarium, by the way, is really cute. You know, they they do. A, it's small, but it's mm-hmm. it's really well done. You know, after COVID, they closed down for a long time. And it was even, yes. I think there was a little bit of uncertainty of whether they were even going to ever reopen. So I uh-huh. didn't know that they reopened. But it really yes. is like a little hidden treasure, I think.
1: Oh, It is. First of all, my grandson is, he watches Octonauts. He can tell you anything about all sorts of sea Sea creatures creatures. (laughs) and land creatures. What I really love about our aquarium, it's the first time I actually paid attention, is how the reefs they create. I was thinking, oh, and I actually watched the process of how they- Like the coral
0: rehabilitation program. yes. Yes. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, we did that. And then on our way home from the aquarium, he was supposed to go to the playground because mm-hmm. his favorite playground is um, in town. And he said, this is how I know he's five and getting so grown As he said, uh, no, I'm going to go home and because my legs are tired. I have to rest my legs.
0: <laughs> I said, rest oh your legs gosh. for
1: a cheesecake factory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so funny. You know, you're talking about like Max and how grown up, he is already just having turned five. I actually, yesterday, had the opportunity to hold a little eight-week-old baby for a long time. The mom was at the Super Bowl party at 6.04. And Odie and uh, Natalie knew the mom. I guess she's a National Guard service member. And mm-hmm. so Natalie said, Can we watch her for a while? So Natalie and I watched her for a while and she was so cute. I got to hold her and rock her and mm-hmm. she fell asleep while I was holding her, doing the little mom rock. Oh, you, and didn't I was like, loo- oh, you didn't you didn't you still have your mommy touch. touch. Yes. I still have the mom touch. And the thing that made me slightly sad was that she was the exact age that Cameron was, my foster baby Cameron, when I first got him, eight weeks. Mm. And so just mm-hmm. going back. To that's the first time I've held a little baby since I held Cameron when he was my foster baby. And you know, when I had Cameron for oh, till he was 16 months old. But that little, you know, that feeling when you just like looking and you just can't take your eyes off their little face, mm-hmm. it's just so precious, you know. And then you watch their eyes just sort of like flutter closed. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just, I, I really miss having a baby around, obviously too old for my own, wouldn't want another one, have five, Uh but (laughs) wouldn't mind a little grandbaby someday. Not that I'm Uh in any rush um, from Uh one of my 20 somethings, but it was just a, it was really sweet. And I really enjoyed getting to hold her. And the funny thing is the baby's name was Hoku. And we just adopted a dog on Friday and named him Hoku. And then before you met the baby, before we met the baby. And uh so we adopted this sweet little uh, rescue dog named Hoku from the Hawaiian Humane Society on Friday. (laughs) The dog's name was Hades, and Hades is like the god of the underworld. And we were like, "Um, Hell no, that's not going to be happening. And so Odie, right there on the spot, said, "What about Hoku? It means star." And I was like, "Sure, if that's what you want, I don't, you know, I don't have a preference." And he kind of has this white marking on the front of his chest, so kind of thought star fits little star, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so Hoku is what we named him. And then it just so happened when I was rocking the baby yesterday. The baby's name was Hoku. The Mm -hmm. mom wanted to name her star, but the dad wanted a Hawaiian name, so named the baby Hoku. So, what are the odds of two Hokus in one weekend? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it was really cute. Our little Hoku is very sweet. He's a good boy. He's only nine months old. And I definitely was not anticipating getting what would still be considered a puppy. We were thinking like a two or three year old dog. But when we saw him, Odie kind of fell in love with him. And so, again, I was going in there knowing that I didn't really, it was really going to be up to him, the dog that he felt comfortable with and My only parameters were that we had to know that the dog would be okay with people and kids. That's the most important thing to me. And preferably other animals. And he's actually great with other animals and people and kids. Odie calls him our love child, since we'll never have (laughs) one together. So our little love child hoku here. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So it's been kind of fun getting to know him this weekend and then, you know, the Super Bowl. Those are the highlights of my week when I was visiting the Humane Society. It really Was apparent to me how dedicated all of the volunteers are there and how committed they are to finding great homes for the animals. And most of the people that work there are volunteers. And everybody was so nice, so helpful, willing to provide information. And I was just in that moment really thankful that there are people who dedicate their time and efforts to really rescuing, rehabilitating and finding good homes for animals. Here in Hawaii, it's there're definitely a lot of stray animals or animals uh-huh. without homes or animals that are surrendered because people end up moving on and off of the island so frequently. And uh-huh. so it was I was really thankful to see such a well-run organization in the Hawaiian Humane Society. I was really impressed.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that sounds like a perfect time to
1: segue into our mindful minute.
0: Our mindful minute is when we pause and take a moment of gratitude for something we are thankful for, whether we are having a great week or a week full of challenges Taking the time to be mindful of something we are grateful for allows us to focus on the good in our lives and forge pathways to positivity.
1: My mindful minute for this week is just the gratitude of being a grandmother. Being Max's grandmother has opened up a part of my heart that I never thought possible So every time I'm with him, I try to cherish each of those moments and just be so grateful that, I mean, I had no idea I was going to, I can't even put it into words, but that is my mindful minute.
0: My mindful minute. I'm very thankful for volunteers of any capacity. There are so many organizations that are dedicated to enhancing communities, you know, whether it's uh-huh. animal rescues or food banks or, but those organizations do not run on a profit, so to speak. They're almost all nonprofit and they rely on volunteers. And so I'm really uh-huh. thankful that there are people who are willing to dedicate their time to a cause that they're passionate about and volunteer in these organizations. I'm thankful for volunteers that dedicate their time to organizations across not only our community, but communities around the world. At this time, we'd like to pause so that you too can contemplate something you are grateful for your own mindful minute. This week, we are beginning a two-part series that allows us to examine identity. Who are you? Who do you want to be? And how do you align the two? So with that, let's further build the platform with today's moving moment. Our moving moment is always an inspirational quote that ties into today's theme. Today's moving moment is a quote by Eckhart Tolle. In the egoic state, your sense of self, your identity is derived from your thinking mind. In other words, what your mind tells you about yourself, the storyline of you, the memories, the expectations, all the thoughts that go through your head continuously and the emotions that reflect those thoughts. All those things make up your sense of self. So it's
1: time to hop on the platform and dive into the question of who am I? Why is it important to know who you are? If we want to Pave pathways to positivity. It's important to understand that how we see the world, how we experience life is directly correlated to who we are. Having that self knowledge can lead to more happiness, less inner conflict, better decision making, more self control, resistance to social pressure, Tolerance and understanding of others, vitality and pleasure. Today, we will get to know ourselves by unpacking six key elements called vitals.
0: Well, I'm really excited about this, Evelyn, because as you and I were prepping for this particular uh-huh. episode, I realized that I need to go through these six key elements on my own. Because uh-huh. even though you and I are doing this podcast on a weekly basis, I think that the pathways to positivity that can be forged when we really take a minute to examine who we are, I think mm-hmm. it really will lead to a greater understanding of self, which mm-hmm. then will give us the the sort of the platform, if you will, mm-hmm. to create more positive outcomes in our futures. I know. I'm excited,
1: too. Number one, because I can do this all day, every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> you can. Thing to Golf do.
1: cart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is my favorite thing to do is always ex- exploring who am I. And I think when we do talk about paving pathways to positivity, from positivity, you can't get there if you don't examine who you are. There are so many different ways to get to know yourself. We picked VITALS, which stands for Values, Interests, Temperament, Around the Clock, Life, Mission, and Goals, and Strengths. That's only one of so many ways to get to know yourself. We just pick this one because one, I think it's very effective. It's a great starting point. And even if you feel like you do know yourself, you have to reevaluate or reassess because I am definitely not the person I was even back in November. I've undergone, I feel, a very significant transformation
0: mm-hmm.
1: from, from just November. Uh So I think this is a great place for us to start, but I also want to remind everyone and our, I mean, myself included, it's not the easiest thing. Yeah. So you really want to sit down, get comfortable, be prepared to be uncomfortable, but it doesn't work unless you're honest. Mm-hmm. And in some of these, you can honestly say, I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, sure. I don't know. And I mm-hmm. think that one thing that's really important to note is that we sort of are able to find comfort in our sense of identity. Identity grounds us. It gives us confidence. It's our sense of identity that affects how we view life and the choices that we make. One of the things I found really interesting is that most of us exist within some form of false identity. And that's because identity is often forced upon us. And so we never actually know who we truly organically are at our core without a process like this vitals process that you're going to take us through. That gives us the opportunity to really reflect on who we are. And then we'll carry this forward next week and talk about who do we want to be? Because that identity has often been forced on us by external forces that sort of dictate who we are, we can make a choice to start really digging deep and finding out who do we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to the connection between this week, which is who are we right now? And then mm-hmm. who do we want to be? Woo-hoo. The importance
1: of this also is. If you have a strong sense of self and you are happy with who you are, then I just feel like if I'm happy and you're happy, the next person is happy. It really, it sounds so simplistic, but it's true. If you could create a whole community and then a whole planet of everyone who is feeling good about themselves because they know what their definition of happiness is. I think it's a win-win. Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to start with, as we said, the acronym is VITALS, V-I-T-A-L-S. And our first one is taking a look at values. What do you value? Worthwhile values keep you motivated during difficult times. Mm -hmm. But a lot of, I think sometimes
0: we, oh yeah, I know what I value, but do you? Yeah. And the interesting thing about values is oftentimes our values are artificially placed upon us. For sure. They can be values that we've gleaned through our parenting or our upbringing. These are things Mm -hmm. that our parents valued and we automatically adopt these things. But Mm -hmm. are they things we truly value for ourselves? You might value those, but are they authentically what are the most important values that should shape who you authentically are. And I think <laughs> it is important to dig deep here and really figure out what it is that you value because values, they are a framework for how we view life and how we then approach life. Yes. This is the hard part. And we're, we're going to start
1: digging and you might. I know there was a period of time where I really didn't like what I found. For instance, integrity. So for me, I feel that I value integrity. Well, then you have to unpack that too. What does integrity mean for you? Right. You know, so let's just say, okay, we always think integrity is doing the right thing. Well, you also have to define
0: what is the right thing for you. There are values that are moral and ethical values, but then there are also values that are very specific to us as individuals. And I think analyzing both aspects of those values are really important when you're really digging down to get to a point of self, who am I? For example, our moral and ethical values, loyalty, integrity, honesty, trustworthiness, all of Mm -hmm. those. But then when we dig deeper and we look at values that are specific to us, mind body connections, these, Mm -hmm. uh, these abilities to make connections with other people, my relationships, my, Mm -hmm. these are things that I value in my life. So really it's not just analyzing one, it's actually analyzing both our moral and ethical values, but then also personal values that are specific to us that drive us or motivate us to, to strive for happiness and positivity within our lives. Mm -hmm. I think that's perfect.
1: I think that's exactly what you would get the most out of in order to truly know yourself. Mm -hmm.
0: So again, it involves digging deep because it's really easy to come up with a list of words. I mean, we're sort of programmed with these words, these honesty, Uh integrity. These are things that we're programmed with, but the things we're not programmed with are the things that really are authentic to us. As individuals, I might value something based on my past experience or my life experience that somebody else, they don't value at all. Like for me, the ability to form a really true, authentic connection with somebody, I highly value that. Because to Uh me, in my past, I didn't have authentic connections with my parents or anything else. So to me, connectedness Uh and building strong connections with another human I value that that's value part of that. dri- that's part of what drives me but that mm-hmm. might not be something that drives somebody else right and I think that's very important to recognize
1: and this is another reason why this is so important to know who you are because once you start digging and f- uncovering what's important to you you can also start to understand that what is important to me mm-hmm. at this level mm-hmm. is not
0: important to everybody or maybe there are certain things that are important to everybody but to varying degrees mm-hmm. like to me trustworthiness is an is a something i i value trust mm-hmm. so much and to me it's almost a deal breaker if i cannot if i do not have trust there's just no basis for relationship there for me trust is paramount to my ability to have relationship with people but other people might be able to have relationship with very little trust because they don't need that more deeper sense of, secu- sense of security or connection or sense of
1: security. Yes, I yeah. will say this: that is a value that I uncovered. I had been operating in a place where I knew for me trust it's something that I valued, but yes. then what I found was my actions weren't aligned with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had very trustworthy. Relationships, very close relationships. Yet I thought that I could handle some that were kind of okay. You know, maybe some things had transpired that made me feel unsafe mm-hmm. or that I, the trust that I required wasn't there until I examined that. I started to be, feel unhappy or dissatisfied in that area of my life. And it wasn't until I went in dug deep and realized that that was a cause for unhappiness in me. Yeah. You know, that I do, I require, and I absolutely need a certain level of trust. And if I don't have it, then I don't want it. Somebody else may not need that. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, another very good example of why evaluating and reassessing who you are, are when there is some discomfort in your life or unhappiness, mm-hmm. you know, go back to your values. Is everything aligned with mm-hmm. that?
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going back and making a brief connection to our moving moment quote by Eckhart Tolle, he says, it's the storyline of you the memories, the expectations, all the thoughts that go through your head and the emotions that reflect those thoughts, all of these make up your sense of self. When we put this in the context of V and vitals, which is values, it really is the storyline of you, the memories, the expectations, all of these create, in a sense, what you value. You cannot really know what you value until you've examined the story of you because every experience that you had those things that have shaped you in some way all affect what you value. So it's like examining okay, I had this experience as a teenager, or I had this experience in my marriage, or I had this experience as a young adult, or I had a relationship with somebody, uh, a friendship. And because of those experiences, because of that part of that story of me, I realized that I now value this particular characteristic or this particular feeling that I get, or this Mm -hmm. particular passion that I have. I value this and it will drive me forward and motivate me forward to reach that level of positivity in my life that I'm seeking. Think deeply about what it is you value and not only what it is you value, but to what degree do you value it? And even more so, why do you value it? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Here's a superficial example of something that I placed a high value on because it was handed down to me. And it's very basic. It's nothing super deep, but a very good example. Both my parents growing up were avid golfers. Mm -hmm. Well, as I grew up, I loved the game as well. Mm -hmm. My parents were good. So the value of being a good golfer, Mm -hmm. I... I chased that on Mm -hmm. my free time. Once I had enough time to dedicate to the sport, I chased that down. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got to a point where in order for me to get better, I would have to dedicate a lot more time Mm -hmm. values, right? Mm -hmm. So now I, the time that I valued, am I willing to dedicate that to become a, a better golfer. And when I said no, it really caused me, because I was giving something else up, Mm -hmm. you know, other things that I valued would have to, I would take the time away from that to dedicate to practicing golf. Mm -hmm. And once I asked myself, well, that doesn't, feel good or I don't want that, I started to tell myself, you know what? You're good enough as you are. But there was this nagging thought in my head saying, don't be a quitter. You're not even good enough to say that you're good enough yet. And I really went back and forth thinking, you know what? I honestly, and dare I say it, I really don't care about getting any better. My parents valued their skill and their identity was kind of tied, connected to that, that I automatically took that on once I took on golf. Yeah. I finally figured out that I don't care, and that it isn't all about skill. I love being on the golf course with you, talking story, getting to know each other, yeah, but I didn't realize that is definitely a value that was passed on to me, and I promised my parents didn't know they were doing
0: that. It yeah. was just what yeah. I saw, yeah, it's, in a it's very interesting that you use golf as an example because we're going to move into the the next. Letter in vitals, which yes. is I, which is interests. So golf is actually sort of both. And I think there's those are there's two components of the same sport <laughs> there, yes. if you will, within vitals. One was the emotional component. Values are based on our emotions, in a sense. So the emotional component, my desire to strive to achieve a goal within this. That's the value. And then the the I, which if we can move to yes. next, which is interest, is, you know, your passion or your hobby or anything. And that's the mm-hmm. game itself, golf. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, your ability to analyze the thing within golf that you valued versus the activity and the hobby itself. Those are mm-hmm. two different things. Yeah.
1: yes When we get into I, which is interest, it's, you know, what do you pay attention to? What holds your attention for sustained periods of time? You know, for me, golf is one. I mean, I definitely am very interested in Mm self-development and psychology. That I can, I hang on, I can do that all day long. I am interested in music. What are some of your interests?
0: You know, it's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting. (laughs) But my interests, I think are very much in line. You and I talked earlier, not when we were recording this podcast, but about the Myers-Briggs personality test. And I'm an INFJ. And I really think that a lot of my interests can can be found within that J component, which is Uh that judging. I'm very Uh much into like social justice. Social justice issues drive me. My interests and passions really lie within finding areas that I see an inequity or something that's uh-huh. not fair and trying to make a difference in those areas. I'm big on social justice issues. And I think what's interesting, again, when we talk about interest is that these are, yes, passions, hobbies, something that draws our attention over a sustained period of time. But what they really do is they drive us in a direction in life, because if we're really talking about and connecting this to forging pathways to positivity and knowing who am I, uh-huh. what are you at your core passionate about? Uh-huh. And how does that drive you or move you forward in your life? It's almost like to be able to really do a deep dive and find your life's passions gives uh-huh. you purpose. Oh, for way. sure. Yeah. And so, yes, I'm, I, my interests are golf. Mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in the same music. I'm interested in the theater. These are things that I enjoy, mm-hmm. but the enjoy. things that I, that I enjoy. And then yes. there are things that at my core drive me, mm-hmm. those passions, which I fall
1: think- under this eye under eye. And I do I like that you make that distinction because there are things that you enjoy, but your interest should satisfy what you crave, right? So you may you know crave to contribute or to connect. I know that's a craving that I have. Yeah. So looking for what behind your interests, you are looking for what satisfies or helps you find what makes you happy. Yeah. I I feel that too. My whole passion behind doing this podcast is because my interest is for everyone to feel good. Mm -hmm. I sound so sappy, but it's absolutely true. I want everyone to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to enjoy life. I want Mm -hmm. everyone to face their challenges in a positive way, even when you're in the most difficult situation. Mm -hmm. I feel that you can be going through something like deep sadness, but you can still feel good about life. Yeah. I love that you pointed out that your interest is what your passion is and what drives you.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that that
1: is to be distinguished from what you enjoy.
0: Yes. And they're both part of that I category because they both will be a component of who am I? I'm -hmm. a person who enjoys this. I'm a person who enjoys that. But deeper than that, I'm a person who feels deeply about something. And that something Uh drives me forward. Like even my whole idea of social justice or making a difference, even throughout my career, education, making a difference in the lives Uh of students, working with students, then working with families, working with parents, working with communities, like all of that is part of that deeper passion, which is justice, social justice, making a difference, making sure there's equity, making sure that, that within the community, there are opportunities for all, all of that, that really drives me. And even that can connect to this podcast. Like making a difference is huge for me. It's huge to me, but I can go deeper and try to figure out where that comes from. And that's something that I can reflect on past this podcast, even today, later today, as I'm driving, I want to dig deeper on that. Why (laughs) is that so important to me? (laughs) I want to know more about me. Who am I? Why is that social issue, that social justice issue so important to me? How did that become such a deeply rooted passion within me? I want to know. So I'm going to dig deeper even on that. I think it's going to be like peeling back oh, the layers sure. of the onion on everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, I feel <laughs> oh, this sure. because of this, but why? And deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think the deeper we go, the more we can really get to the core of who am I?
1: Mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated with why do we do what we do? Not so much what we do. Some I thought of something that I also want to reflect on when you go through values and interests that we were just talking about, our passions or what you enjoy, there might be certain things where it's not shining a very good light or maybe it's not a positive emotion.
0: Well, I think the reality is that every human has both good and bad. Oh, Oh, yes. Negative. Oh, yes. And I think that if this really is about digging deep to find who am I, then I have to get to the negative of who mm-hmm. I am because remember part 2 next week is who do I want to be? But if right. you never know who you are, the good and the bad, the the you know, the beautiful and the ugly, all of that mm-hmm. within who I am, I need to know that about myself and unearth that in order to then be able to shine a light and reflect on who I want to be and then begin making those changes toward who I want to be. So I I do think it's important to get to all of that. And again, I'm going to say this, I think probably a hundred times in this podcast, and I apologize, but it's that digging deep because when we really dig deep, we get to the root of some things that are just not as positive as we hope we will eventually turn them around to to be. And I think it's a perfect
1: opportunity to actually examine that. Sometimes we know we
0: have something yucky. Here's the important thing to recognize. If we never get to the core of who we Mm -hmm. are, the things that we don't unearth, the ugly within there that Mm -hmm. might drive us. And I'm not saying we're all totally ugly. We just all have little pieces of things that from our past, from our story, our life stories that have shaped us to have certain feelings or values or interests or passions or any of those that might not always be coming from a positive place. But if we want to end up in a positive place, we need to get to the root of why that is. Because otherwise those actions or reactions or thoughts or feelings or opinions or, you know, criticisms, right. they will continue to affect our futures, our relationships, our jobs, our our ability to really enjoy life fully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both positive
1: and negative aspects of yourself. Yeah. You know, where are they rooted? If you are judgmental, or you like to... Criticism brings you, makes you feel
0: good Mm -hmm. in a way, but why? You know, why? Yeah. I'll just say this real quickly. We all have roles that we Mm. play on a daily basis. Oh, for sure. Nobody knows the core of who we are. We might not even know the core of who we are. But if we really, really, really want to forge pathways to positivity in our lives as our authentic selves, we need to look and examine our lives outside of these artificial or superficial roles that have been Mm -hmm. imposed on us and really dig deep into the heart of the why behind who we are. It's not just, I like this, why? Mm-hmm. I feel this. Why? Why? I value this. Why? I'm passionate mm-hmm. about this. Why? And why again from that? Because mm-hmm. I've always felt that. Why? Oh,
1: because, because my. And yeah, you, know you know what? Know. There's so many times where you get into the why and you, why am I so dissatisfied with where I'm at? Oh, because my mom was a better golfer than I am right now. Well, why does that matter to you? Well, I'll be honest, because somehow in my head, I feel that it's acceptance. My mother will love me more or value me more or think I'm, you know, just all childhood stories, you know, maybe the validation and that I never got from her in my head. I'm thinking if I become a better golfer than she ever was, then that's something she valued. So she'll value me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're just, uh, see, <laughs> I mean, this is yeah. like therapy it's right like now. Craving, it's yeah, it's, craving,
1: like the love yeah. or attention, the positive affirmation, you know, yes, that I, I'll be honest, I never got, yep. you know, being seen mm-hmm. because if I do, then I'll be seen. And once I started to give myself that validation and I did a lot of work and not needing that from her, cause she did the best that she could with yeah. what she had. But, you know, at almost at 53 years old, I've learned how to give that to myself.
0: Yeah. And so that
1: was, and it is, it's true. It's going back to why, 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 and keep going till you just can't go anymore. And you usually find it's a place of self-love and validation or love and validation that we ultimately find we are the only ones who can fulfill that a hundred percent. Yeah. No husband, mother, father, child, teacher,
0: career can satisfy that. There's no quick fix. There's no band-aid that we can slap on. And you know, it's not a, but this whole step of analyzing who I am isn't about quick fixes. It's not even about changing anything right now. Instead, it's really about just sitting with yourself, your ups, your downs, your highs, your lows and understanding who you are and why you are. And then we can move on to say, who do I want to be next week? Mm -hmm. So this isn't about, we're not asking anybody to sit here and go through these vitals and fix anything and change anything. It's really a process for examining and really deeply understanding who am I? All right, that leads us to our
1: next one, which I found interesting but important, temperament. Knowing this helps you gravitate towards situations in which you can flourish and maybe avoid situations where you would wilt or shrink. Temperament, are you an introvert? Are you extroverted? Are you detail-oriented? Or are you more big picture? So when I got to this key element of temperament, I could do the easy things, but it also motivated me to do the personality test again. And I did it on 16 personalities. I mean, it was... So easy. And the last time I did this was maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I came up with the same personality type, but now the description of these personalities, it's creepy how they nailed me to a T with situations. And I mean, how you react. So that I would encourage you, if you don't really know your temperament or your personality style to take that.
0: The Myers Briggs personality yes. test. It's pretty yeah. online. On 16, so, yeah. yeah, on sixty. Yeah, I think sixteen personalities is pretty okay. easy. Okay. But yeah, I and I think it's really important that we note that when we really examine our temperament, we understand more about who we are. I'm an introvert, and I know this about myself. And I know that I do need a certain amount of alone time. If I don't know this about myself that I'm an introvert, then I'm not feeding myself in such a way that i am able to give my best in situations that require me to give my best in when i'm not alone you know and the reality uh-huh. is that the way that we move throughout our lives our temperaments are foundational to our ability to navigate those moves If I know that I have a tendency toward frustration as part Mm -hmm. of my temperament at certain things, I have to understand that about myself because only through understanding that, can I be aware and on guard for situations that might set myself up to be frustrated. And I don't want that for my life. I want to navigate things in a space of positivity. But if I don't understand that part of my temperament is that I'm predisposed to being easily frustrated, that might have a lot to do with that J, that justice component. Mm-hmm. When I see something that is inherently to me unfair, unjust, you know, I can become easily frustrated. But if I'm aware of that part of my temperament, I'm able to guard against it and navigate situations in such a way that I'm able to approach them positively rather mm-hmm. than out of that sense of frustration. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree with that. If I would have honored, certain things about my personality that i felt when i was young for instance a infj like because i'm introverted and intuitive and feeling mm-hmm. and then judging right i have never felt super comfortable in very big groups i've always thrived with a one-on-one, I've always had like one best friend, you know, in high school is me. And Tamara, when she moved away, I had one other friend and I didn't do well in big groups. I mean, even you and I, I love that I have you on the golf course because I am most comfortable one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I struggled so much growing up and as an adult by I felt there was something wrong with me because I wasn't enjoying the big social gatherings that everybody else was, you know, then I would work against it or just try harder. But I never honored that that doesn't make me feel good. It Mm -hmm. doesn't make me feel good at all. So knowing that about yourself, about myself, now I do the, I can do something that I Call, I can't remember where I picked this term up from, but pre-paving. If Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to be put in a situation where I'm going to have to make small talk, I do not like small talk. Uh, but in order to get through that situation and feel good about myself, I can have little conversations that are not boring to me, but still pretty superficial. And I'll prepare myself to have to socialize and then That's maybe not so much avoiding a situation, but being able to to prepare myself to know what to expect so that it can be enjoyable for all.
0: Yeah. But especially
1: for myself. Honoring yourself is number one. Always. That's something else. I hope getting to know who you are gives you permission to say that number one, honoring myself is always number one. All right, our next one is around the clock. And now we're talking about biorhythms. Knowing your biorhythms will allow us to schedule activities when we're at our best or knowing when you are not at your best. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I am not very helpful after 7 p.m.
0: Same, same with me. I'm a (laughs) morning person early morning I, person. I
1: give it all I got and then after that I am no good to anyone. <laughs> Your daily life will get easier and you can enjoy more if you understand that about yourself.
0: Yeah. And our biorhythms are very much tied to our you you touched on it but our productivity, our ability to be productive giving our best hours to the things that are most important to us. And if we know our own biorhythms, like I also am a morning person, then I know that I'm most productive at that time. So if there's something that requires my full attention, that's incredibly important, that's essential to a project that I'm working on, or even, let's be real, when is my emotional productivity at its highest? Uh At what moment of the day? When am I able to emotionally contribute in a positive way to a particular conflict? And Uh when am I probably not at my best? I think it's really important that when we understand our biorhythm, it's not inconsequential to how we're able to productively navigate life in a positive way. So I think that that's a really good one there's not a whole lot more to say about biorhythms mm-hmm. but biorhythms but I think it is really important that we acknowledge that so few of us really probably ever think about our natural body rhythm and how that affects our ability to, approach, our work lives, our our relationships, our home lives, all of that at our most productive. Okay,
1: so our next one, the L in VITAL stands for life mission and meaningful goals. What gives purpose in your life? What is meaningful? And I think
0: the idea there is that when you examine what's meaningful for you, you can actually determine your life mission in a sense, like, like align it to what is this is this means so much to me, maybe it was an impactful experience that occurred earlier in your lifetime, or at some point in your lifetime. Perhaps for me, I became a foster parent. And that was a very meaningful experience. And I learned so much. And it really has also driven me to continue to champion children. That's a life mission for me. And I think mm-hmm. if I were really to look at the fabric of my life woven through the entire fabric would be this idea of looking out for children in mm-hmm. some way or another, caring for children, raising children, uh, educating children. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's probably in a nutshell, my life mission. Now it is, is expanded in a sense in that I do care about people in general, society Mm -hmm. in general. But I think my life mission is about championing children. And Mm -hmm. I think that I could only figure that out through an An analysis of what really is meaningful to me and why is it meaningful to me? Why, you know, if you think about it, if you go back and listen to, uh, New Beginnings episode two and I talked about my childhood, it's only just now that I'm making that connection, Evelyn, like literally just now as I'm speaking to you when I said that why, because I didn't have parents that supported me or uplifted me or helped me navigate difficult times in my life. I didn't have that. And mm-hmm. so it's no surprise now, even just through this right now that I'm realizing there's a purpose behind my life mission, which has been championing children. Mm-hmm. And it stems from my own childhood, but that's the digging deeper to the why. When we really start thinking about what's meaningful, I think it will help us determine more about who we are and why we function in the capacity of who we are. hmm
1: I was just thinking life, mission, and meaningful goals. The way my life panned out with raising children, I have to say, I know I've mentioned it in other podcasts, but raising my family has been an absolute joy for me. Yeah, It wasn't easy, but there's a lot of meaning, value that I get out of it. And then now that they're all all adults, I can see like the loving connections that were made. And I'm ready to translate that into something outside of my family. I don't know what that is. I mean, I think it's this podcast, you yes. know, but what, you know, when I think about what is meaningful and what is my life mission, it is so simple. I want people to feel good about themselves. Yes. I, I feel I want them to enjoy life here on earth. I It may be because my husband lived 42 years and I realized how much more life was after that. But that is a passion of mine to help others and myself. It's also always a lesson for me. How do you, this wonderful life, it is a gift and it's so finite. And I don't want to waste time or I don't want people to struggle in ways that they don't have to if you can pay attention in a certain way mm-hmm. and then also design your life the way that you want it to. Yeah. I just thought of that because I loved what you said and I can hear the passion in your voice when you say championing for children. Yeah. You know, I can see in your your life that you didn't even realize that that's With each building block that you had, or you just keep coming back to the same thing over and over in different ways, your own children, foster children, schools of children. I mean, so I was just trying to connect where do I feel that I can sense that really deep passion and love that you have for that. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Oh, I I totally get that. Just wanting people to feel good about themselves so that they can live their best life. Yeah, I mean, and that is in forge pathways to positivity because we know that positive. Yes, positivity isn't just this buzzword. It it really is the core of living a happy, healthy, you know, fulfilling life. Getting to know ourselves and helping other people get to know who they are so that they can see life moving forward in a positive way. I think that's very important.
0: And that Mm -hmm. is a pathway to positivity. Anybody that can live their best life is, that is is positivity in a nutshell, (laughs) you know? So yeah.
1: That brings us to our last key element, which is strength. So you have to acknowledge your strengths own your own power and shine, just really understanding where your strengths are. Mm -hmm. And also in contrast, you have to be aware of your weaknesses. If you have self-control issues, and I'm speaking from experience, there (laughs) have been times where I am, you know what? I will say, I think 90% of the time I can exercise self-control but there's this 5% where under certain circumstances, if I allow myself to get into them, I don't, I make bad choices and it's a weakness. So I think it's very important to examine both of those.
0: One thing I want to emphasize is that strengths are not only like our abilities, our skills and our talents, but also our character strengths. Like to what extent are we loyal? Do we have respect for others? Do we love learning? our emotional intelligence, all of that. When we're diving deep and figuring out who am I, we want to examine not only our physical strengths and abilities, but also our emotional strengths and abilities, our character Uh strengths. And from that, we're able to figure out ways that we can impact not only our own lives, but other people positively. What do we have to offer? Are we really incredible Mr. Fix-its or Miss fix mm-hmm. Can we contribute somehow to our communities by volunteering those skills and abilities that we have? Are we incredibly caring and kind and loving individuals? And that makes up a great deal of who we are at our core. If so, do we have the ability to care for, or spend time with senior citizens in a home somewhere once a week and volunteer? Do we have that capacity to offer that kind of love? Mm-hmm. Moving forward, I think in our lives, when we really know our own strengths, we're able to implement them in our relationships, our interactions, our our jobs, our careers. We're able to come forward with our best selves because we're aware of all of the strengths that make us who we are, like, who am I, I am a sum total of these strengths, in addition to many other things, and the things that we've discovered through this vitals, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of that impacts our ability to positively impact our own lives and the lives of others. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's important. I mean, it gives you self-confidence when you actually make a list of things and where you yeah. went
0: back and said, why, you know, list your strengths and also say why. Then also understanding what you said are areas that maybe are not our strengths. Uh And so if we know that that's not a strength, we have choices at that point. We always have Uh choices, choices to strengthen that area because we want it maybe next week to be part of who we are Uh or choices to navigate situations well aware of our areas of weakness so that we have positive outcomes.
1: Right. That's perfect. I love that. And that's part of all the examination that we're doing with our vitals this week. Just because this is who you are today doesn't mean you cannot create the person and be the person that you would like to be. This whole getting to know who we are. You may find you love every aspect of yourself, or you might be like me where there's some areas that are not my You know, there's a lot of room for improvement and not to say that you're down on yourself. I think you should absolutely appreciate who you are right now, wherever you are. And if you are listening to this podcast, you clearly already have some sort of. Desire to have positivity in your life and to be able to recognize and understand how to forge those pathways to positivity. And I think getting to know who you are, accepting who you are right now, it, all your strengths, everything that you love, you can even, I laugh at a lot of the stuff that I still struggle with. I laugh, but I still ask myself, is it something I want to change? You know, and why do I want to change it? You know, make sure you're changing things for yourself, not because it's how somebody else wants you to be.
0: So I think that today what we've discussed, um, who am I? In other words, our identity, just as a wrap up and connection um, also to that initial quote, our identity is our all encompassing system of like memories and experiences and feelings and thoughts, our relationships, our values that define us. But once we have understood the components of our identity, who am I, we really then can get a big picture look of who we are. We basically search for and find comfort in a solid sense of identity. It does ground us. And you mentioned it gives us confidence. It affects every single thing in our lives from the choices we make to the values that we live by. So finding out who am I is key in forging pathways to positivity in your life. But once again, as you said, that doesn't mean the who am I today is the who I am tomorrow. We have opportunities to make changes, to figure out who we want to be. And that is also another stepping stone on the pathway to positivity. I really thank you so much for guiding us through these key components, these vitals, um, as we reflect more fully on the question, who am I in the week to come? So with that, let's go ahead and hop off the platform and get ready for our better than fine practice.
1: (music) The better than fine weekly practice is reflect on your own vitals. Vitals stands for values, interests, temperament, around the clock, life mission, and strength. Maybe take one key element per day Don't rush through this. Let's really get to find out what we value, what our interests are, our temperament. It's important to get to know your personality. And then uh, around the clock, we talked about biorhythms and then your life mission and goals and strengths. And we're only taking a snapshot of where you are right now. Next week, we're going to take our homework from this week. And next week, we're going to compare it to, we're going to talk about who you would like to be, and then we're going to align it so that we can be moving forward in 2023 with a game plan to live our best lives and to forge pathways to positivity.
0: Until next week, I'm Erica. And I'm Evelyn. Thanks for listening to the Positivity Platform. If you enjoyed listening to this week's episode of The Positivity Platform, please follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio to receive updates and alerts when new episodes are released. And please leave us a comment on our social media, positivity.platform on Facebook and Instagram, and The Positivity Platform on Twitter at POSPOD2022. Thank you for joining us on the Positivity Platform.